Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I have this presentation on resiliency because my whole life has been about being resilient. I grew up with six brothers and a sister. I was after sandwiched between my brothers and my dad insisted on calling me Joe. So I went through life as a Joe and often I would have to raise my hand when teachers were saying, there's no Joe, there's no Joe, and I'd be like, no, it's me, it's me, I'm Joe. <laughs> and so some people feel uncomfortable with that, and so they started tacking my middle name on, Anne, Joanne. So that's why I'm known both ways. And it's, it has served me well. Uh, growing up as I did, my father um, was a fourth generation funeral business, emergency response person in a small community surrounded by lots of farming communities. So sometimes he would come home and somebody had passed away and these were always people that we knew. We knew their families. So there was a lot of talk about what that was like to serve families in their grief. Sometimes my dad would come home and he would have delivered a baby in a farm field because the woman went into labor and was working so hard she didn't feel the first movement inside her body. And so we learned about life from beginning to end. And what a beautiful lesson that was. And as I aged, I realized that my mother was underneath a lot of that compassion, that she supported him so that he could do this work. And the other thing I didn't realize is that we would go out sometimes with my mother, and I thought it was to go out to a farm and help gather eggs with the children that were playing outside. But it was really for my mother to go into the house and have a compassionate conversation with the mom inside who may have just lost her husband when she was alone on the farm with these children. So that worked on me throughout my life, and I didn't really understand how much it had impacted me till I started moving out in the world, and I realized that I had a different lens on life than most people. My perspective was different. And I had this resiliency muscle within me that I knew as I went out in the world, I needed to grow. And I needed to figure out how to grow it outside of my family because I was my own person and I needed to find my own way. The first thing is about being vulnerable. I didn't like this one. <laughs> I wanted to be strong, I wanted to be tough, 
I want it to be all those things that people would, you know, praise you for. And most of it was about not being vulnerable. It was about not showing that heart underneath. But being up here in the mind, being focused on your work, running really fast in a race, jumping really high, all of these things where you could be in a mind space and you could be actively moving out of yourself. Vulnerability is a journey into the self and it's a befriending of this very fragile place. But I'm going to say that it's also the strongest place you can ever be. So this is also part of resiliency. It's always both. It's not either or. It's always and. To be vulnerable is to be really strong right here and to be willing to give all of that away no matter the consequences. And when I say all of that, I mean all of that that needs to be given by but keeping and honoring yourself at the same time. It's all about stretching. Stretching is really, really uncomfortable. I've birthed seven children, and stretching to birth them, not easy, not fun. But I did learn that relaxing my body, allowing myself the vulnerability, the stretching was much easier on me. And when I learned to be more vulnerable and allow the child that was being birthed to run the show, that I was there as the vessel, and allow it, the child to come into the world, birth changed for me. It was about allowing the stretch. Allowing the stretch but not so fast and not so hard that it breaks you, but allowing it in increments. And that's also what builds the muscle of resiliency. You can bounce back if you're not stretched too far. If you haven't broken, it's easier to come in a little bit so you can stretch some more. It's having the courage to evolve and adapt. Courage is one of my favorite words in the English language, but it's not all English. It comes from the French cour, which means heart. And it also has the word rage. So courage to me is having a raging heart. It's unstoppable. We don't shut it down. That takes a lot of courage not to shut it down, because sometimes life gives us events and things other things in our life that are deep challenges. And it's really hard to rage here. We just want to go inside and find a safe space to hide. We get through it, though, by raging with love. Compassion. This is the other ingredient, my three ingredients, vulnerability, courage, and compassion. And the reason I love this word compassion is for another thing about words that I absolutely love. In this word, com, C-O-M, is from the Latin to be with. So to be with another, that's really important in this word. Passion, again, is another kind of fire inside of us. 
And it's a fire of love. And in the middle of this word is my, one of my other favorite words, compass. Because our heart, mind, and if you want to go in, I practice a lot of Eastern meditation practices, and there's no separation. And I learned in the last couple of years that our indigenous cultures of the United States, the first peoples here, the first peoples, they also believe this, that there is no separation between the heart and mind. You don't make a good decision unless you involve both. And it's really also wonderful to know that the heart needs the mind, the neurons, the um, firing of neurons to pump. But the brain needs the blood to come back up to it to operate. So these pathways are dependent on each other. Perspective. There have been many times in my life where I've had to find another perspective. And my dad would always say to me, Joe, I want you to go back into the bathroom. This is when I had a sourpuss face when I was a teenager. I want you to go back into the bathroom, look in that mirror, and I want you to find out what you see there. And if you don't like what you see, you better change it. And he knew that because his life was about meeting people where they were. And often that place was deep pain. And if I'm going to go out in the world, I don't know what states people are in. But if I'm going to meet somebody in deep pain or who's already angry about something else, and I'm going to have that sourpuss face, it's not going to go well. But if I can remember to meet them with that courage to have compassion for them, which takes vulnerability, we're going to meet on hallowed ground. And we can move things together. And this has served me well. I had a many long year career moving people's perspective. I was an HR manager for an international medical device company, and that's where it really had to happen, and it had to happen fast. We, had, we were acquiring, we were being acquired by another company, another international company, and one night I got a call about 11 o'clock at night. And I needed to do all these things. I didn't know it yet. But I answered the phone and they said, Joe, you need to come to this hotel. And I said, what? It's almost 11 p.m. I, I'm going to bed. No, Joe, you're coming here because we need you. And then they couldn't tell me what it was. So I showed up at the hotel. There was somebody that met me at the door, showed me into a conference room, and there was the leadership team assembled. And they said, here's the deal. In the morning, the leadership team of this other company is flying in. They're going to be in our doors at 9 a.m. And before that, you need to show up with us and tell the people that we've been acquired. And basically, over the next months, we're all going to lose our jobs. And we have to transfer all of the skill sets to them before that happens. So. 
Wow. Wow. We spent most of those wee hours of the morning figuring out the plan as best we could. And in the morning, I'd had 45 minutes of sleep at best, got my kids up, sent, brought some to daycare, others caught a bus to school. And I went and I sat in the parking lot in front of our headquarters, and I looked at the building, and I thought I had it all together, I thought it was going to be okay. And then I fell apart. I just, I didn't even know what had happened, but my face was already wet. I had started to cry, and then the floodgates were open, and I couldn't stop it. And I sat in the car, and I said, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't want to do it. Please help me. And it was that that shifted everything. When I said, please help me, and I probably said it multiple times, I had a feeling like I'd had a few times before, but never so visceral. This calming came into my body from I don't know where, but it wasn't in me before. And a voice said, and I don't know also if it's audible or not, but to me it was very loud, and it said, just show up. Just show up. Just show up. And I knew somewhere inside of me that what they meant was they were going to let me know what to do, that I didn't need to worry about it anymore, that they had, whoever this was, <laughs> had given me through my life up to this point everything I needed to do to walk through those doors and take care of this. From this place, from a heart place, from a mind-heart place, from a heart-mind place, and from this place. And so I walked through the doors. We assembled all of the employees that worked in this building. We got the others on screens. And we delivered the news. There wasn't a sound in the room. And when, that's when they asked me to come up and talk to the employees about what this could mean. And so I told them about this. We were going to lose our positions. But before that happened, we were going to transfer all of their knowledge to another company, piece by piece by piece, so the company didn't lose money in the process. Now, how would they be invested in this? I don't know. But I was fully invested now because I was going to make sure they were all okay. And so I said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I can tell you this. I'm going to show up. And I'm going to show up every day. And I don't know what that means yet. But I ask you to show up too. Please show up. We'll show up for each other, and we're going to get through this. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. I didn't lose an employee through that whole time. A couple of them came to my office and said, you know, I have this great opportunity. It's more money. I, can I leave early? <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Let's celebrate. 
But we ran the operation to the very end. And on that day, I walked out. I was the last person in the company with the logistics manager. We closed it down. He stayed to wait to hand the key over to the people that were taking over the building. And this was almost a year later. And I thought, I just want to go home. I just want to lay down on my bed and surrender to sleep. I'm just so exhausted. The emotional exhaustion just started flooding in. And I went home, and I walked up the steps, and I laid down on the bed. And you know what? I was asked to show up again in another way, because four hours later, my youngest child was born. A lot earlier than I had thought. (laughs) But it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. And then from that moment, perspective, I started really looking for it. And I think um, some of you can relate to this. I started looking for perspective in the eyes of children. Because there is no better way to shift a perspective more quickly than to watch a child. There can be all kinds of things going on, and they see the butterfly. I was looking at pictures of the Ukraine and um, from this beautiful photographer whose name I can't remember right now. But he, had, he worked for the AP, the Associated Press, and he had caught this picture of this little child whose house had been demolished except for like one piece of it with a piece of roof left. And his dad had put a piece of, I don't know if it was what it was, a piece of metal down it and put something on it. And the child had a ladder next to the house and the dad was helping him. And he went up and he slid down and he went up and slid down and the whole family was standing there with smiles on their faces. And if you can smile in the midst of all of that tragedy, Wow. Wow. Talk about a shift in perspective and all kinds of other beautiful things, compassion, courage, vulnerability, and vision. The ability to see outside of ourselves, but from this place, and to see what not, all, not just what is possible, but what else is possible, because a lot of times, That thing we thought was possible has a lot of flaws and just doesn't work when we try it. So we have to try again and try again and try again, which means showing up, being vulnerable, having the courage, having the compassion to go in and create a new vision, a new perspective. Find that compass and shift it. And most important, along this path, make sure you rest and have time for recovery. Because building this muscle of resiliency means that we're stretching, and we're stretching, and we're stretching. And just like a rubber band, we need to rest it so we can stretch again and come back stronger, more confident, more courageous, more compassionate, and allow for greater and greater vulnerability in the process. This, I believe, is how we heal and how we can really help heal others, help them along their path, help them show up and hold on 
and build a vessel around them of compassion and courage so that they can continue to do that till their muscle is strong enough to take those steps on their own. And there's nothing more beautiful to me than watching my clients take those little baby steps and then at some point just start to leap. There's just no greater feeling in the world. So thank you so much. Very happy to be here. And muscle is resiliency is a muscle. Keep working with that muscle through compassionate conversations with yourself for your courageous life. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.